Welcome back to XOXO Jess, where we dive deep into the world of greeting cards, the highs and lows of entrepreneurship, and the mindset tools needed to start creating the business of your dreams today. I'm Jessica Walker, your host, here with another Wednesday episode. And this Wednesday is a solo episode. We've been doing a lot of interviews. Um, here on XOXO Jess, which have been awesome. And I have a lot more coming to you, but I wanted to switch it up today a little bit um, to answer a few questions that I've been getting on Instagram. I did a little um, a story question thing to send me your questions that you had, and I copied those down um, and I'm going to answer them here today. I haven't really looked at them. I wanted it to be a little off the cuff. So I'm going to (laughs) answer as it feels fit in the moment, but um, I am excited to share what I've learned. This has been a big, well, honestly, like the last 12 months have been a huge learning year for me. And I feel like I have grown so much and my business has grown so much. I, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw I've hired my first team member, um, a a VA, which has been amazing. Um, And I'm looking to start hiring the next. And that's so wild. This has been just me in essentially a closet for so long. And I just like, it's sometimes you just like wake up and you're like, how did I get here? And it's so crazy. Cause if you're new to my story, you know that, um, I didn't start doing this till like a less than three years ago. I was an actor, musical theater actor for my entire twenties. Um, and I started this not so long ago and just it felt fast and hard for greeting cards and entrepreneurship and the world of personal development and so much has changed. And I just am excited to share what I've learned, if that's something that um, is exciting to you too, and that you're also pursuing. So I'm going to answer some of your questions. And if you guys like this kind of episode, um, let me know and I can do more, more of them. Um, but let's just start with a couple. I I'm, I'm, think I've pulled like five questions. So Let's just go through them. Um, the first question, how do you Etsy like a pro? <laughs> Which um, I guess like anyone technically who's on a, on Etsy selling stuff is a pro. So you're a pro, um, but how do you Etsy like a pro? So kind of my go-to Etsy tips. Um, I always do what Etsy tells me to do. And that may seem a little odd, but it's one of those things where Etsy is constantly tweaking. They're trying to make things better for the customer's experience, for the seller's experience. Um, New SEO trends are happening. They update the way they do something. And I have just followed what they recommend um, pretty much to a T. They send newsletters pretty often. Um, Like I do all of the beta things where they send and they're like, do you want to beta test this feature? I always say yes. And um, specifically, like last year when they made like the widespread, I almost said plea, that's not the right word, um, recommendation for you to include the shipping with your price so that it was um, shipping included pricing uh, or like free shipping, however you want to look at it. Uh, There was a lot of pushback from the sellers and I just said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And I was an early adopter and it really, really helped my business. My traffic went up um, and Etsy rewards what they want to be seeing from the sellers. So look at the Etsy handbook, look at these Etsy trend reports, look at these things. And of course, stay true to yourself and don't do anything that doesn't feel authentic to your business or goes against your values. But I mean, it's it's not a lot of tweaks that they 
recommend. I mean, these things aren't huge, huge things. It's just like things that you have to keep up with. So I would say just keep your shop updated and relevant with what's new and um, recommended for Etsy. I would also say, you know, like it's a, it's a slow process and it's one of those things where it can feel really overwhelming because you're like everything I look at, every single blog post starts with like, if you Google like how to make my Etsy shop better or how to get more sales on Etsy, the first thing is going to be better pictures. Um, and yeah, that is, it's just because these things are, it's like, they're true. It's like, you want to not have to go through all the work of all of these things. Um, I don't even use pictures. I use mock-ups, but I got better mock-ups. I, read things that the CEO, the CEO, the SEO needed to be different or better, or I needed to change my long tail keywords to long tail keywords, but shorter titles. And it's like, it's one of those things where I recommend starting with your least viewed listings. You don't want to mess up stuff that's working. And SEO takes time to, um, kind of like get momentum once you make a change. So I wouldn't, make a change to your SEO, make a change to your titles, tags, photos, and expect to see something like the next day. It could be a month before you really see that um, trend based on the train, the change that you made. So um, yeah, take your time. Don't do everything all at once. Um, I wouldn't do an entire shop overhaul overnight to see what's working and what's not. I would like, like I said, I normally will pick like the least viewed or the least purchased listings and tweak those first. Cause I know there's room for growth. Um, and then if that really works, then I'll adjust it to my better, better viewed and better sold listings. So yeah, that's what I recommend for Etsy like a pro. Um, okay. Where to find quality plastic sleeves and supplies for your cards? Oh, plastic sleeves, yay or nay. And if yay, where do you get them? That was the question. So question number two, um, plastic sleeves. Okay. So there's Obviously, like just worldwide and our um, generation wide, there's a trend towards going more eco-friendly. So I understand the question about plastic sleeves is a bigger question. In general, yes, plastic sleeves are a thing. People like to make sure that their purchases are protected, that they're going to make it in safely, um, particularly if you're selling to wholesale. So you're selling to stores that are going to then sell your cards. They do expect them to be in plastic sleeves. Um, I was recently in a kind of mastermind group with um, women who are specifically, we were there to learn about wholesaling and they were saying a lot of shops are pushing back about people who have removed the plastic sleeves because if someone picks up their card in the shop and it gets a fingerprint on it, they can't sell it anymore. So it's like kind of an investment um, danger or risk by not having the sleeves. If you're selling your own cards to your customer. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's it's up to you. It's your customer. It's your you set the tone. If you're selling to retail stores and you're trying to wholesale your cards, it's a little bit of a different story. We're actually talking about that in the Cardmaker Mastermind this month. Um, all of the industry standards that are expected or are common in wholesaling. But anyways, so that's yeah, that's plastic sleeves. Yes and no. So the no would be people who are wanting to be more eco-friendly. There are a lot of different options. You don't have to do plastic sleeves. You can do um, biodegradable cellos. You can do belly bands. You can do paper envelopes. Like It really can look like a lot of different things. And as the world is seeking more eco-friendly options, the greeting card um, supply makers, <laughs> I don't know what to call them, are meeting that um, desire. 
And they're constantly coming up with new ways to do this. So this is going to be something that's changing over time. So I would say um, if becoming more eco-friendly in your business is really important, pursue those options. If this is something you want to keep on the back burner, do. I mean, if you've been listening to the podcast recently, I've had several people on who um, practice eco-friendly practices (laughs) in their business. And um, they all just say start small and that you don't have to be perfect and and yes, so if you are looking for plastic sleeves, um, I recommend clearbags.com. That's where I get all of my stuff. So little side note there. Question three, I'd love to know how you've scaled and had the success that you've had. Um, incremental shifts and small adjustments. That's the uh, the same way of saying, <laughs> two ways of saying the same thing. But um, basically it's that idea that growth every day ends up being, you know, 365% by the end of the year. It's like these small things add up. You think that you're going to have like a, a viral moment. And it's like, if you do, then you'll make it. Like if you get put on Buzzfeed or you get on pop sugar or something that everyone will find your cards and you will be an overnight success. And I have been in many masterminds. I've worked with many female entrepreneurs and I have seen businesses that are multi-million dollar businesses spoken with their founders and their CEOs and no one feels like, or is I've, I've never met someone who claims to be an overnight success. It is the person that sticks with it. It's the person that makes the shifts that need to happen as they come. It's the person who fails fast, um, and then try something new. Uh, and, I think someone who doesn't take business too personally, if you see it as just like the numbers, the data, what can you tweak? What can you shift? Um, I like to think of business itself as like playing the Sims. Like it just feels like a game. And I think that that is why I've had success with it is because I don't take any quote failure or I don't even think of anything in business as a failure. It's like it either works or it teaches you something, but I don't think of anything that's a quote failure as a reflection of me personally, it just means that I want to try something different in my business. So I think that that is how I've scaled as quickly as I did. Um, and I'm planning on scaling more and it's that plus learning and growing with community. So I have not had a day since last January 1st, where I wasn't in a mastermind, didn't have a coach. I've hired several coaches. I am in a monthly, membership group with um, a bunch of other women founders and CEOs. I am always learning and always trying to figure out what's the fastest way I can learn this thing. And for me, I've learned that that is a one-on-one coach and I love courses. I've also taken courses, but um, right now I've been really diving into coaching and actually, you know what, now that I say that I've also just finished a course that was amazing. So, (laughs) Um, and and that was that wholesale course that was just so, so good. So I would say, yes, everything I said to begin with, plus staying educated um, and learning in the areas you feel like you might be lacking in. So last year, I thought that I didn't understand my finances and I didn't understand how I should be making expense reports and all of that world and how to do my taxes and stuff like I'd been kind of like coasting and I wanted to learn it. So I I decided to learn it. So last year was a deep dive into that. And um, I would also say in that vein that you cannot be too intimate with your numbers for sure is also a reason why I've been able to scale is because I know exactly where I am. And I have experienced a year of my business where I had no idea where I was because I didn't want to look. Um, and even though I was doing well, I didn't know, I didn't know. And I could have been doing better because I just, 
I didn't have like my finger on the pulse of how the business was actually going. So long, jumpy around answer, but that's how I think I've been able to scale and how I'm planning on continuing to scale moving forward. Um, Okay. What is your process of goal setting monthly and yearly revenue sales, et cetera? Goal setting is like my favorite thing. (laughs) I just, I feel like, you know, there's like a song, I'm pretty sure it's Ella Fitzgerald where she says like, if you don't have a dream, how do you expect a dream to come true? That is how I feel about goals. If you do not have a goal, how do you expect it to come true? When you make a goal, you're setting an intention of something that you want. And I'm not even going to dive into the energetics of goal setting and intention setting, which I am passionate about, but just the concept of setting a goal, you are deciding that this is something you want to pursue. And then your actions are going to reflect that. So goal setting, I think is maybe the most important thing to do in your business. Um, on like every single level. I set goals for 10 years. I think I've talked about this previously on a podcast. It may have actually been in the Cardmaker Mastermind. I I know I did that in December in the Cardmaker Mastermind, but I can't remember if I did a whole podcast episode on it. But I set 10-year goals. I set three-year goals. I set one-year goals. I set quarterly goals. I set monthly goals. I set weekly goals. And then I set daily goals. No joke. And I stick to them. And this is not something I used to do at all. I used to not be a person that would follow through with my goals or my decisions. I had to learn that skill. And the way I learned that skill was continuing to set these goals and sticking with them until I completed them or checked them off or whatever that looked like. And then I I built more evidence up for myself that I was a person who could stick to goals and that goals were worth setting. And then I was able to set bigger and bigger and bigger goals. And I would also say that with goal setting, it's one of those things where you set the, you have to leave a little room for magic. So (laughs) you can set a huge goal and not know exactly how you're going to get there. Should you do everything in your power to figure out realistically how it could happen? Yes. Should you set it slightly bigger than what you can for sure make happen? Definitely. So I, I love the idea that we set the what and the why, and then the universe provides the how and the when. So I may have this goal. I have a clear why I'm going to put the action behind it to make it more likely to happen. And then I just leave a little room for magic to see what's going to happen. Cause you can never totally predict. You can make a whole plan and it might happen completely differently than you plan. But having that plan and that goal is paramount. I'm not sure I've ever used that word in my life, but (laughs) that's how I feel about it. Um, Setting revenue and sales goals. I just did that recently in January for this year. Um, Actually, no, I didn't. I did it at the end of December. But I looked at my previous year's numbers. I went through each revenue stream. Um, I broke it down and saw what percent each revenue stream or each product made each month, like what percent increase or decrease happened throughout the year. So I kind of got an average of how I was trending with that revenue stream. So hypothetically, if I'm just going to say cards, <laughs> which is clearly a large section of my revenue, but if just in general, maybe cards were trending 5% each month in a positive way. So like by the end of the year, I'd have a, a 5% increase each month. Um, I would then look at this year and say, I want to do that plus a little bit. Maybe I'm going to try to trend uh, 7% each month, like an increase in my sales, 7% bigger each month. 
So I just have that kind of idea in my head. Then I look at it in a different way. I say like, well, when are the big holidays? When are the big card moments? Like how can I sculpt my year to where it will actually match what's happening? Um, And kind of like lay some track there and like start mapping it out. And then I look overall and say like, well, what does all of this add up to being about? And I might say like a certain number, I think like for the next year I might hit X. And then I say like, does that feel scary? Does that feel good? Does that feel totally doable? And the number I came up with felt like totally doable. And I was like, you know what? I want to stretch myself. I just want to see what can happen. So I set a bigger number. I I then made a a map essentially of each revenue stream, each month, each quarter, how it, it could hypothetically break down. And then what I do beyond that is I decide like how, what action am I going to take to make these increases happen? So it's great to wish for a number and wish for um, a 5% increase each month or wish for X or quarter number, you know, but like what is going to actually move that needle and change that metric? I'm going to um, put more attention in my marketing. I'm going to hire this position. I'm going to work on ads for this. I'm going to explore this niche a little bit more. There's like, I apply an action step to each goal and then to the overall year. So right now, the number that I'm aiming for is one that I can't even imagine hitting. Um, and the thing is, is that I just like have to believe, you know what, like I could do this. It's not a big deal. I, I think I can do this. I can hit this number. Do I know how it's going to happen? A hundred percent. No, there's room for magic <laughs> and I need a little magic. But the thing is, is it doesn't matter if I hit it. Like me pursuing that is going to get me so much further than if I hadn't set it at all. And I'm confident in that because I've had a full year in my business where I did not set a revenue goal and I did fine, but I coasted and I know I coasted and I could have done so much more than I did if I had had that goal in mind, knowing that, you know what, I'm just going to push a little bit more here. I'm going to try a little something different here. I'm going to play around here to therefore potentially be able to hit that goal. Um, okay. I hope that answered your question. Uh, I think that that's all the ones I had scale plastic sleeves goal setting. Okay. And then lastly, just if you are excited about all of this kind of talk and you're looking for other questions you have to be answered, um, I am relaunching my course next month. And that course is how to start a greeting card business from home. And it's a complete A to Z eight module, 30 video, hundred pages of notes. Like it is in-depth how to start a greeting card business from home via the steps that I used exactly. And I have tweaked those since I made the course last January by adding new things that I learn constantly. I'm tweaking it again. And um, if you join the course, you will be getting these updates because you get the course for life. Like once you're in, you get access to all future updates. But I'll share about more about the course later. But the thing that I'm excited about first is to kind of get um, just this all in the headspace of creating and growing our business. I'm going to be bringing back the seven cards in seven days challenge in March. And I am so excited. It was so much fun when we did it in November and everyone had just like these really like amazing creative spurts that I feel like, and I, you messaged me that you're like, I definitely wouldn't have felt like I could have created this much in a certain amount of time. If we hadn't done this, I just felt like you'd say things like, you're like, I feel stuck, but now I feel like this shook me up and I'm able to like kind of free flow a little bit better. There's just like, it was so much fun. 
So I'm inviting you to join that. It is free. It's just on Instagram. You don't have to do anything to be a part of it. Um, And I will share more about it coming up, but just have that in your heads. It's coming and I'm really, really excited. And that'll be early March. So that's what I have for you today. I hope you guys are having a wonderful Wednesday and I will talk to you next week here on XOXO Jess. Bye.